When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Shagger Hislop. Sorry, Shane. It's okay, Dan. Not a good, uh, good day to be the mayor of Newcastle after they <laughs> lost by two goals to nil to Manchester United in the Carabao Cup final. Both goals coming in the first half. Uh, Casemiro followed by that own goal from Botman after Marcus Rashford shot. Uh, the first piece of silverware then is Ten Hag as the man in charge of United. Let's get some post-match reaction, shall we? Starting off with Lissandro Martinez. What a good feeling, no? To, to win the first... The first trophy here in Manchester United for me it means a lot, but also for the for the team, you know, uh, we deserve it. I think uh, in the beginning, you know, it was not easy for us, but then uh, we win our first title and then we have to, to go for more. For 25 hours, yes, uh, we have to celebrate this. Uh, the players has to, we as a staff has to, all the directors. But uh, from tomorrow on. We have to keep going because we are uh, three months to go in the season. We are in three leagues. We fighting for everything, so we have to go for it and yeah, take, take this as an inspiration to win even more. This trophy was uh, was uh, one of the things that we want to win because we had four competitions. Now after this this game, we have we have three, and we go for all of them. What was the key to the win today? Oh, just. Uh, the passion, the desire, you know, is a, it's all about uh, the spirit in this kind of games. You know, you have to, you have to give everything because it's, it's a final. Sometimes you, you can't play pretty and well as you want, but you win it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I can leave him eh, because next cup, eh, this one is it. Bigger ones later. Uh, Manchester United then make it uh, six uh, League Cup titles, uh, still lagging behind Liverpool and Manchester City. God, Jan sounded terrible in that. <laughs> oh, and he's here as well. Oh, oh, did you, did you see? get that close to Bruno? <laughs> Bruno's going to flow tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that yesterday, Jan. Did you see when he asked you a question? Did you see Jan when he asked you a question? He had to get his face in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. How was the Cup final for you, Jan? Uh, as I am rebranding myself with a new sexy voice, uh, it was a great final. Yeah. No, it was, uh, no, I think it was an interesting final. I think that in the first 30 minutes, Newcastle were on it and they had a great, great chance in the 31st minute to send Maximin. And then two minutes later, unnecessary free kick and, and then it was in. But what I find impressive with this Manchester United team is when we saw the celebration after the games, you have Champion League winners, you have World Cup winners and they, they, greatly enjoy this uh, this win at Wembley and I, I think that shows you that something is going on at Manchester United at the moment this could be a start for something more uh, that was a point we picked up on wasn't it in those celebrations you know the likes of Varane Casemiro Martinez who've won it all yet celebrating this is like almost their first trophy yeah and didn't play at their best today as a team and yet defended resolutely and you know we a bit of an in-house, in-house joke about Martinez 
with Stevie and one or two others. But you look at his defending and his partnership with Varane. You look at the first half, the ball came in. Fabian Scher was favourite to win it. Martinez got his head in there, did enough. They had a little clash of heads. But he's putting, his, putting himself in a position. Second half, Callum Wilson goes out for one mm-hmm. at the near post with a high boot. Whose head's coming in to clear it away? Lissandro Martinez. So these guys really want to defend. And that sounds a bit strange where they're defenders, they should. But some of these defenders these days, they just want to be the ball-playing centre-halves. But they have two players, and Martinez in particular. You know, Varane is probably less aggressive of the two. But Martinez wants to put his head in and defend. It's a good partnership with Varane. The full-backs are playing well. And, of course, in front of them, they've got arguably the best holding midfielder uh, that's playing the game at the moment. Uh, Shaki, you've got your Angel of the North tie, which is the statue. Yeah. I thought you'd have taken that off after, nah, the, no, after with the Newcastle. I'm, 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 uh, with this tie. <coughs> Disappointing. It, it was, especially given how well Newcastle started the game. I thought they were by far the better of the two teams in, in the first half an hour. And then... Probably for the first time since Bruno Guimaraes signed, signed for Newcastle, I'm going to be a little bit critical. I thought it was a needless foul on, on Rashford that, that conceded the free kick. And I, I, I think that kind of spoke to Newcastle's own lack of experience. Craig spoke about some of the players that, they, that Manchester United had, the experience they, they were able to call on. Newcastle was the exact opposite. And I, I think that showed in, in that moment. And then, truth be told, once Manchester United took the lead, as much as they got a second. I mean, he complained about this challenge. I mean, it was just silly. It yeah. was just silly. And, and once they take the lead here, Manchester United were the better team for the remainder of, of, of the first half. And, and even though they got the second through Rashford, it quite easily could have been three or four at halftime. And, and just that setback, again, Newcastle not being able to adjust or resettle and having to wait for that for, for the break um, was, was telling. Could this Carrius was, have done better here, Shane? No, I, I think Carrius, Carrius sees Botman coming across and believes that Rashford can only beat him at the near post. So starts going down, maybe a little bit early, but in covering that, that near post. And then Rashford coming against the green gets a little bit lucky with the deflection, but because Carrius is committed to making that first post save, he, he just can't he just can't adjust in time. And um, it, 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 it's tough on a goalkeeper who hasn't played, all eyes were on, but I... I certainly don't fault him for Newcastle that. didn't lose today because of Loris Carrius. No, 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 he not made at some all. good saves. They lost today because they couldn't turn around their good football at times into better chances and yeah. clinical finishing. Yeah, which is something we've seen from them over recent weeks. We talked about it before the actual game on the live show that it's been a problem for them. Wilson has been far from prolific. Isaac has had injuries. Almiron, I think, at ten goals has been the top goal scorer, but that's from a wide position. Said maximum plays. But I heard the line from somebody a week or two ago. He said, defenders don't know what San Maximum's going to do because San Maximum doesn't know what he's going to do. He's a very much off-the-cuff player. And United played him well. And I thought, I thought when, when Dallow got booked after 10 minutes, Shaq and I were of the same opinion, that they should have got that ball out to San Maximum and run at Dallow, isolated him. They didn't. That gave Eric Ten Hag an opportunity at halftime to say, do you know what, I'm not going to take any more risks. I'm going to bring Juan Bissaka on. He's got no, obviously clean, no bookings. And he's going to do a defensive job on that side. I thought that was good management. Uh, how good were the Newcastle fans, Jan? 
No, they were brilliant. But I will say the Manchester United fans were brilliant too. There was a good atmosphere in the stadium. Obviously, Man United uh, at the end were the loudest. But, but the Newcastle fans were, were brilliant. And I can, as a former Middlesbrough player, say that because that was a good atmosphere. And there was something they expected. There's yeah. something they, they were so desperately wanted. And I, I spoke a lot to the fans when we were queuing up before the game. And this was something they were waiting for ages to get into but I'm with the boys they were a bit disappointing and, and I and I think that if you're going to play a cup final they were a bit unlucky that they had this final in a period where they haven't looked so good if you'd have said this game was before the World Cup you'd have probably pointed at Newcastle as favourite yes but it swung the whole momentum has sort of swung around and you know going into this game Newcastle weren't playing badly they just weren't playing yeah. as well as they were before uh, obviously mentioned the problems up, up front the back line which has been brilliant started to give up some more chances and on the other side of the coin Man United were getting momentum they were getting players back players in form uh, you know Rashford was a bit of a doubt but he came through and, and uh, obviously a huge win against Barcelona over two games yes. gives you that confidence to knock the team out that are effectively top of the league at the moment. So the result is not a surprise. It's just a pity Newcastle come into the game slightly undercooked than they were two or three months ago. And this is the one of possibly four trophies for Manchester United between now and the end of the season. Premier League a stretch, you would suggest. 14 to 1, about right, of course, eight points off. Uh, Arsenal City there as well. The Europa League, though, they've got Real Betis in the next round. Uh, them and Arsenal, of course, are favourites in the FA Cup. Uh, we're down to the last eight games in that. In the fifth round, they've got West Ham on Wednesday. How many more? Um, one. I, 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 and I, I don't see them closing, not, not, that, not that it's insurmountable, but I think eight points and the form that Arsenal has shown, I just don't see them catching Arsenal. Whether they are even able to catch City, we will we'll soon see. Um, and I just don't think that they do both the Europa League and, and FA Cup. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to go with one out of those two. If I'm a United supporter, I'd prefer it to be the Europa League. Oh, would you? Then the yeah, FA Cup? I would, yes. Oh, yeah? I, I, I just feel European trophy, albeit second tier, and given Manchester United's own history in the Champions League, um, I, I think that, that, that's welcome. I think, I think absolutely you take that one domestic trophy, one European trophy, the team playing well, progressing. Um, I, I think that's a good season. What do you think, yeah? I, I think they will do the Europa League. I think that is important now when you saw how Jose Mourinho was celebrating the Conference League uh, last season. I think that was going to be the biggest win Manchester United ever done in their life, to be <laughs> fair. But, uh, but it's, it, it, it's also interesting to see how it's going in, in the league. I mean, Arsenal, with the two away wins uh, at, uh, at Aston Villa, at the Leicester, is major, of course. They're still in there as well. But I, I will say already now that they are one striker away to be a title contender for, for next season. I think wow. the, the Manchester United fans have got something to look, look forward to coming in the next couple of years because Ten Hag, he is a real deal. If they bring in a proper striker, they, they could... We talked post-match about the possibility yeah. of Osman and someone like that. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're Harry Kane, we get that, go back to that world again. Let, let me throw yeah. a spanner in the yeah. works here. If the Glazers are selling the club, do they splash £100 million on a striker? 
That's a drop in the ocean for the minute, Shank. I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm just, just, you I'm just felt no, a bit bitter, a little bit better. I'm put it back over my business. Put it behind you today. I want my tie and everything. But the cat, look, with all, you know. He's done a great job at times, not against Barcelona in midweek. Better today, very close. But you're not really, you know, you're, you're not title contender. Is you, the you've got, you've got. All right, Liverpool are off colour, but they signed 100 million or whatever on Nunes. You've got City who have gone out and signed Haaland. You've got Arsenal went out and got Gabriel Jesus from City. The the sorry, it's not an experiment, but they're bringing in the short term look at Veghorst to the end of the season. It isn't really going to last any longer than that. If you're going to be back in the Champions League, which, which they probably will be, and you're going to be competing with all those teams that have got a quality elite level front man. Yeah. So that's definitely... And, it, you know, it was the same last season, but they didn't do it in the summer. Uh, and I suppose in some sense, Rashford's made up for that with his goals from the wider position. But you, Ten Hag will be absolutely banging the drum at the end of the year about spending money and in particular on a number nine. Uh, before we finish our Carabao Cup talk, we've got to talk about what the cameras picked up uh, before kickoff, Ian. <laughs> uh, you trying to throw coffee over carriers? Yeah, this is unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm with Jamie Carragher, and at the Champions League final, we worked together. And before the game in that Champions League final, where Carriers kind of gave two goals away, I said to Jamie before the game, uh, Sorry, mate, I have a feeling that Carriers will lose you this game. And he said, shut up. I mean, there's no chance. So I was talking to Carragher, and Carriers came to us, and I said to him, so all the best, mate. I hope you do have a good game, and blah, 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 blah. And then he spilled, he spilled my coffee over me. <laughs> me and Jamie just looked at, looked at each other and thought, well, this is going to be Carriers' game, won't it? Oh, so, uh, yeah, that was... So, <laughs> so, so why didn't, when he came over, I, why, I, I, I'm surprised you didn't say to him, Jan, I was just telling Jamie Carragher that you're hopeless. <laughs> they were reminiscing about the Champions League final. Uh, uh, it's interesting, this week, how, how they protect him at Newcastle. And, and I respect to the, to, the, to, to the goalkeeper, to Carriers. I think he did a good game today. If you saw the first chances after seven seconds, Newcastle nearly headed a ball past him, didn't they? So he could have had a terrible, terrible start. But I think he, he did well. And as you were saying, Craig, they didn't lose because of Carriers today. And he had two good saves, did he? Uh, a lot more reaction to what happened at Wembley on a special podcast. We were live post-match. Oh. Uh, you can listen to that uh, now over on the website. It is a big week of action, of course, here on ESPN Plus. Tuesday, it is the fifth round of the FA Cup. Bristol City take on Manchester City. 24 hours later, Old Trafford United take on West Ham. It's the first leg of the Copa del Rey semi-final. It's the little matter of Real Madrid against Barcelona. On Friday, Dortmund and Leipzig fancy their chances to win the Bundesliga. They face off. And then on Sunday, it's Barca against Valencia and Real Betis take on Real Madrid. One game in the Premier League on Sunday. Spurs beating Chelsea by two goals to nil. Not a lot happened in the first half. Skip, though, with a nice finish really just after the break. Then Harry Kane sealing the deal to make it 2-0. Kane left alone at the back post, Craig? Well, Kane been picked up from a corner kick by Raheem Sterling. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, what that means is that Spurs are now four points clear of Newcastle in fifth. Newcastle, though, do have a couple of games in hand. Uh, for more on this game, let's hear, shall we, from uh, Chelsea coach Graham Potter talking about the pressure that he's under. 
But that's just the way it is. You know, if you look at Jurgen's situation, they haven't got the results, and all of a sudden people want him out. It's just that's just the nature of football. And obviously, I haven't done enough at this club. To, 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 to have too much good faith. I have no absolutely no complaints with, with the supporters. They're entitled to be frustrated and upset and, and angry with the results that we've got. And that's my responsibility. I think there's a combination of a few things. And again, it's a, an easy question to ask. Well, this is not a bad question at all. It's not, it's not the easiest one to answer as well. Because um, Sometimes you go through moments where you create chances and you don't score them, which we've had, I think, against Southampton, I think against Dortmund. We had those games. Today, I don't think it was a game for that. I think there was a game of minimal chances for both teams in a tight game. And the first goal was always going to be important and we didn't get it. Um, an element of, like I said, uh, players coming back from injury, uh, getting them up to speed, uh, integrating a couple of new ones. So as a team, we're just not quite there in terms of how we want it to look and how we want to really function in a good way. And scoring goals is the difficult part of the game. It has been really difficult for Chelsea of late. In their last 15 matches, they've scored six goals. Uh, that is it. And of course, that has accumulated in two wins. Uh, they have gone 10 games without scoring out of those last 15. Now let's welcome in, shall we, Julian Ron. Unfortunately, he was at the game because we were all focusing on the, on the cup final, Jules. Um, by the looks of it and from what we saw, it was another performance from Chelsea that was well short of any sort of level that you would expect from this club. And once again, in front of goal is where they're letting themselves down. Completely. I mean, certainly really far from the kind of performance you expect from a club like that, that has spent that money and that is having a, a starting lineup like the one it was tonight, because this afternoon, because it was a. There's, there's talent in that squad, there's talent in that team. I mean, they don't, didn't even let themselves down in, in front of goals because they didn't have any chances, pretty much. There's one for Kai Havertz at the end, a little bit. But, but this is it. Apart from that, they still don't produce enough with the ball, they don't create enough because they don't play as a team. There's no cohesion, we've said that many times. It's still a sum of individuals. You give the ball to Sterling, he tries to do something on his own. You give the ball to Joe Felix, he tries to do something on his own. There's no triangles, there's no overlapping, there's no players coming inside. There's just none of that at all. I mean, I don't know what they do at training every day, but you don't see a team playing. And there's one time in the first half where there's a ball from Enzo over for, for Joe Felix who's, who missed. But from that, this is all they had in terms of slight creative move where you find someone, you make a run and then the ball comes to you. Otherwise, there's just none of that. And it's, it's crazy, really. They make mistakes, of course, on the two goals. I mean, the first one, since we, since we were kids, coaches tell you never clear the ball in the, in the middle of the pitch. And what do Enzo do? Enzo just clears the ball right there in the middle on Oliver Skip, who then, okay, it's a good shot and maybe Kepa should do better, but it's a shambolic defending again. And then the marking, like Craig said, how can Sterling is in charge of marking Harry Kane is, is beyond belief, really. So they make mistakes that are not all on Potter. But overall, this is, this is just a team that doesn't function, that doesn't work together. And that's, that's his fault. Jules, are we anywhere near that conversation with regards to Potter's future? I mean, we have to. We, I mean, we've said we can give him time. There, there's... There are circumstances, he arrived, you know, after through the season, this squad is not his, it's a big squad, it's, there's a lot of players there, some that he probably wanted, others he didn't want, even in the new signings, it's not easy, we get that.
but there's no improvement. I mean, again, I don't know what they do at training. They, you don't see any progression. You don't even see the beginning of, yeah, the Dortmund performance is not too bad because they can play on the counter. And again, there is talent in that team. So if you give them a bit of space on the counter, especially, it's easier than like today when they actually have to play in the opposition half with some sort of structure because they, they don't have any of that. So I'm sorry, but right now he can find all the excuses he wants. Oh, the preseason was the worst ever. It's not, they didn't lose today because of what happened in July in the United States. This is not true. He can say anything he wants, but this is, this, for me, this is him trying to find excuses that he's not the man to blame, but it's just, he has to take the responsibility, like he said today, but the responsibility means that they're not good enough because he's not good enough, because he hasn't been good enough so far since he took charge and he, he had time, he had a lot of money to spend, he's got an army of sporting director that he can say, listen, I want this guy and this guy and what about him and this. they still don't have a goalkeeper, they don't have a striker and they don't have another midfielder to play with Enzo. So it's a complete shambles and I think, unfortunately for him, he is the man responsible for it. It's a tough one. There are mitigating factors, but he needs to get enough results to get to the end of the season. Now, what does that look like? I, I don't know. Uh, he, in another part of his press conference, pointed to Mikel Arteta. He mentioned Jurgen Klopp there, which I don't think people are really... Uh, no, I don't think anyone's calling for Klopp Calling for Jurgen Klopp to go. I, I think people are just wondering if Jurgen Klopp can, can, can bring that energy in. Sorry, that, that fear back to Liverpool. He did point to Mikel Arteta and say, look, you know, look at those struggles of Arsenal and look where they are now. Which is correct. Talking about Arteta being sacked and all this, you know, 12 months, 18 months ago. But then they didn't... Arsenal didn't spend this kind of dough, this kind of money on these kind of players. Now, maybe that's part of the problem. Having such a huge, stupid squad. Yeah. yeah. Utterly stupid. And we've talked about this, trying to manage training, never mind games, keeping everybody happy, trying to keep everybody happy. But that's, unfortunately, that's what he's been dealt. And he has to deal with it. But it looks to me with these results that I don't know if, if some of these players are really pulling their weight for him, sure. to be honest with you. Yeah. That's kind of how it's starting to look to me. You know the scenario at Man United when mm. Ranjit was there at the end, Solskjaer, that one or two are just picking their salary up and doing just enough to keep the fans off their back, but put them on the manager's back. That's kind of how it's looking to me as well. And that's a huge concern for any coach. And that's the feeling, isn't it? We talk about characters at Manchester mm -hmm. United and how they've come together yep. under Ten Hag. You just don't see that here. No, and I, I, I think that is because of how big this Chelsea squad is and, and, and how individualistic so many of those players are. But there has to be progress, isn't there? There, there has to be a well, sign I, I, yeah, that, yeah, that I, something listen, is happening. I, I think what is saving Potter is how much more around the club is just a shambles. That how, how much dysfunction there is at Chelsea at different levels. They're spending money, but every other aspect of the club is, 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 a, is a total mess. And, and that's both affecting and saving uh, Graham Potter. Now, to, to that point, and yeah, okay, you, you use Arteta as, as, as an example, great. Look at Manchester United. We just got, got to speaking with them. Uh, Ten Hag comes in. That, that club needed a major, major, well, readjust. And he did so over the course of a season. He got rid of, of what he thought was causing some of the issues. He brought in cheaply 
a player in uh, in Veghorst that nobody saw, but he knew what he wanted. And he went out and he got that player. Everybody knows that Chelsea needed a striker. Now, again, because of how shambolic things are being run, a striker not coming in, nobody knows whether to blame Potter, whether to blame Bowley, whether to blame the sponsor, whether to blame the tea lady. Nobody knows who to blame around Chelsea's failing, failing transfer policy, where they're spending a lot of money on. And, and that's saving him, but that's, that's also... Um, it, it gives him a lot more to do, but, but he, he's, not, he's not making much of a, a change. He's in this position where, not today in particular, but some of the games, Dortmund away, they actually played well, but can't put the ball in the back of the net, yeah. right? He's almost in a scenario where it's the opposite would be better, where they're not playing particularly well, but at least they've got somebody to stick it in the net and drive some results yeah. in the meantime until he can get his style that Jules was talking about, his philosophy, working on the training. It's like Man United today. They weren't great, but Casemiro got a goal and Rashford continues goal-scoring run and it gets the job done. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everything's rosy when Newcastle actually played pretty well for long periods. So it's not going to go away having whatever amount of possession, passing it around, and then having the goal-scoring stats that they, they do, that is not going to save his job. Mm -hmm. It is just not. But I'm kind of 50-50 on this. I want to see the guy having... I want to see him given time because he's proven himself as a coach. But ultimately, he's at a club. And I agree, Shaq, they're a shambles in terms of their, their squad recruitment. But ultimately, the supporters will drive the opinion and the pressure on the board. And that's starting to creep in, and it's creaking at the moment for him, absolutely. Jules, I can hear the Tottenham fans now. Hey, wait a minute, we won this game 2-0, and you haven't spoken about us once. Let's talk <laughs> about them, shall we? Sum up Spurs for us. They were very solid. There was nothing special about the performance. It was exactly the same team that beat West Ham in a, in a similar game, in a way, which says a lot about Chelsea, by the way. Uh, but they were very solid, they were sound defensively. Romero bullied Kai Havertz and bullied everybody that he had in his, in his zone. They did nothing really extraordinary in the, in, in the sense of when they had the ball. Kulusevski was again the only really, really with Kane, the only really, really creative touch. But Richarlison just tried to fight with everybody on the pitch and that was it. And, and, and the rest, they took, they took their half chance on the first goal really. I mean, he hit it well. Skip even said after the game that it was not even the cleanest of strike, but again, exploiting the, the, the mistakes made by Kepa first and then Enzo and maybe Kepa again because he could have maybe saved that. And then the marking on the, on the, on the set piece, really. But apart from that, there was a couple of counter-attacks in the second half. But they almost knew that at some point Chelsea would make mistakes, that as long as they stayed solid, Spurs, and didn't give away any chances, didn't make any stupid mistakes, then they knew that at some point they will have that kind of chance to come because that's the kind of team that Chelsea are right now. And, and they were spot on because they kept their shape well, they defended well, they were aggressive when they had to be, and then they were, yeah, they were just very solid and, and, and it worked. And, and it was just so, at half time, it was nil-nil and not much had happened, to be fair. It was, it was pretty boring. But you kind of knew that in the second half, where usually Spurs are better, that, that something like that would happen. And you could have predicted that second half. It was so obvious. And, 
And I don't want to come back on Potter, but taking off Joao Felix, for example, when he was clearly Chelsea's best player, was complete nonsense. And on the other hand, Spurs didn't do any of that nonsense. They, they, they kept it really safe and solid, and in the end, that got them the win. What did you make of the red car being rescinded, Jules? It was really comical. I've being in the stadium where they didn't even need, they didn't put on the screens that there was a VAR check, so we were just there waiting. He put a couple of yellows first, and then you could see him standing in the middle of the pitch, and we clearly knew that he was waiting for VAR to say something, but because they didn't announce anything, you know, usually they say, oh, VAR is checking the penalty, VAR is checking, VAR is checking this, but we had no instructions, so we were all waiting there just before the break. Some people were halfway through the stairs, to go to the toilet, to go to get their beers. And he was just like, okay, what's going on here? And then suddenly he goes and looks for Ziyech, gets the red card, and we're like, what, red card? So everybody goes, cheerio. And then suddenly you could hear, he's, he's listening again, and he goes, oh, wait, Ziyech, stay here, don't go into the tunnel. It was, it was an absolute shambles. And then he said, okay, let me go and have a look. So then he, it's almost like they, they forgot how VAR was working. So they gave the red before he could check the screen. It was just, it was really mental. And once again, I think, the, the, the referees and the VAR referees, VAR system, whatever they, they, they called, ridiculing themselves. It was, it was ridiculous. And then, of course, Spurs fans bringing up the incident with Casemiro, where, of course, he got the red card for the hand on the throat uh, earlier in the season, saying, well, what's the difference? Well, he didn't grab him by the throat. Uh, but, I, I, again, we were covering the other game, so I've only seen a couple of clips of this, but... When Zayic pushes his hand out into the shoulder, it does sort of ricochet up into the face. And that, I always think that that's it's dangerous and stupid to get involved. But, yeah, it, I'm as confused as anybody with what, what was happening. So I'll leave it to the referees. I, I, I thought it was a yellow. I thought overturning the red card was, was the right decision. I thought the Casemiro one was, was a yellow as well. Ah. So I'm going to... Well, you need to look up the laws. No, no. Let's <laughs> not go back down that road. Um, I think, I, I don't know page if Mark, 14. I don't know if Mark Clattenburg's with us uh, tomorrow to take us through some of those incidents, uh, but be sure to join us. Of course, a lot to discuss. Uh, it's not only reflecting on the weekend, but looking ahead uh, to what's happening uh, this week as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. 
That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Big surprise in La Liga as Almeria beat Barcelona by one goal to nil. Nice goal from Torre in the 24th minute proved to be the difference between the two sides. Almeria's first ever victory over Barca. Big win for them. For Barcelona, disappointing as they didn't get to extend their lead over Real Madrid. It's seven points now after Madrid, of course, drew with Atleti yesterday. Uh, Jules, I thought was, what was interesting was Xavi's post-match comments. I'm really angry. It was a day to make a statement. There was no intensity. There was not even a desire to win. And that worries me. This game was all about complacency, wasn't it, for Barca? They think they just had to rock up, do their thing, and they take the three points home. Yeah, I think he's right. They were terrible, especially the first half, the first hour even, I would go to. Um, no intensity, that's right. I mean, it was a, the strongest 11 available. We know Dembele, no Pedri, but we knew that. Uh, then there was a couple of changes defensively. How Eric Garcia can play for this team is beyond me. <laughs> he was terrible today. I mean, he's not a good footballer anyway. He's terrible. So I don't know how he can get into that team where I think even Shaka could then be better than him at the back. It's, it's just ridiculous. Wow. And obviously, he, he, he brought a lot of fragility to that defence where they've been the best defence in Europe this season for a reason. When Christensen and Naurojo play together, they're very solid. When Henry Garcia comes in, they, they, look, they look terrible and they were terrible. But it's, it's not a reason. They had 47 crosses. I mean, since, since when this Barca team start playing like Tony Pulis' Stoke? I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know, but 47 crosses, when I think only nine of them actually ended up a successful cross, but nothing out of them, they hardly had any chances, they just had nothing. It was really, really poor. And in a way, they're lucky that this happened when they're point, uh, seven points clear, mm. uh, really, because, because this is not the kind of game that you want and the kind of defeats that you want against a team that lost 6-2 last weekend against Girona, who'd only won one game all season before today. You don't want a, a game like that to happen when you are like really in a fight for the, you know, for the title if you were just one point clear, two points clear, three points clear of Real Madrid, for example. So at least they still had that cushion. But it's a game to forget certainly to a certain extent, and learn from it as well, I think, from Xavi and the players. Eric Garcia played for Man City, Barcelona, and he plays, he's played for Spain. I mean, if everyone says the same about Eric Garcia. Are you, are you saying that I could have played for Man City, <laughs> it, it, Barcelona? It, it, it was a head scratch. When you watched him play at Man City, you went, oof, that's not, don't fancy that. And then he gets moved back to Barcelona, and you're like, holy smokes. And he plays for Spain. But I'm not picking him out in terms of this game, but he's, you know, he's just one of those players you look at and think, I don't know how he gets in that Barcelona team. You met, Shaka mentioned it earlier when we were doing the live show. This smacked of Real Madrid counted themselves out the league title race yesterday. Yep. It did, didn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yep. Complacency, the league's over, Real Madrid couldn't get the job done, had to come back and get a late equaliser against 10 men. We're going to romp this division. We're playing Almeria, as Joe said, they've been really struggling, fighting for survival. And... That's a wake-up call for them. Bear in mind, they've got three big games coming up against Real Madrid. Yes. The whole yeah. momentum could switch. Mm. Although, having watched Real Madrid yesterday, and they just <laughs> they cannot take this Champions League, whatever it is, into their domestic league at the moment. Yeah. They just can't seem to do it. But they've got an opportunity. They have got a, a, an opportunity they didn't think they were going to get to at least put some more pressure 
on this Barcelona side. Yeah, you take a look at the odds. Obviously, Barcelona is still massive favourite, yeah. Shaq. It's interesting to see what response they have to this. How yeah. much is this result? Kick out the backside. You know, you're not going to be given points, even if you're away against Almeria. Or how much is this a real slump? But the, the two last two results uh, have to serve as a kick up the backside to, to Barcelona. Um, as to what's, what's expected of them. And, and Jules is right. Thankfully, it happens at a time where you're still seven points clear of Real Madrid. Um, and you can take that as, as a lesson learned. And, and this, again, is just another test of Xavi's own managerial um, nose, as, as it were, because this league is Barcelona's to lose, given yeah. their struggles, given all the implications financially. They, they, they have to win the league from, at this point in. And now it's, it's up to, to, to those players to recognise that disappointment and, and turn it around. Because... If they somehow manage it to throw this away, yes. they get disaster. rid of the yeah. lot of them. Really? Out of Europa League. Out of Europa League. Yeah. Uh, well, out of the Champions League initially, which got you in the Europa League. Right. Out of that to Man United, and deservedly so. Mm -hmm. Looking like clear favourites. If they were to blow that, I mean, it would be a horrendous look for Xavi. Yeah. To be quite frank with you. And that's why Real Madrid need to try and put as much pressure on as possible. Carlo Ancelotti is under less pressure in that situation yes. than, than yes. Xavi. Oh, yes. It's just waking up the Real Madrid players. Yeah, no. Look, come on. This is a Champions League game. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the Champions League music and the Bernabeu and yeah, see yeah. what happens. Thursday, of course, is that first leg of the Copa del Rey. That came live on ESPN+. Plus, as are all La Liga games, and it's quite the scrap, isn't it, at the bottom of the table at the moment. Severe in action against Osasuna. I don't think you'll see a worse own goal. This is brilliant. All you season. see that shot? Hey, yeah. look, look at Bono. Here we go. <laughs> this is it. Absolutely <laughs> whiffs on it. Comes down, hits his own defender on the head. How can you do that, Shaq? Um, Look. Um, it's your job to punch the ball. There's a big round. There's a big round. <laughs> a big round. That, that's a proper miss as well. Just, he doesn't catch any. No, good, good this week. Uh, Osasuna would go on to win that game uh, by three goals to two, so it is massively consequential uh, <laughs> for Sevilla, who sit fourth. It is uh, really tight. You can just see how big a victory that was for Almeria as well. Takes him up to 15th. But what a run-in it's going to be at the bottom of the table. You can write off any of those teams mm. on that page from getting relegated. So the action continues next weekend. Uh, Saturday's all about Atletico Madrid against Sevilla in the Spanish capital. And then on Sunday, Real Betis against Real Madrid is at 2.30. Preceding that at 10.15 at the Camp Nou. It's Barca against struggling Valencia. Big win for PSG on Sunday in Le Classique against Marseille. Not without, though, its problems. Kimbembe brought off. Early on in this game, reports suggesting he's out for the season with an Achilles injury. Despite that negative, PSG would kick on to win this game convincingly. Lionel Messi getting his 700th club goal, killing Mbappe with a brace as well. Not only, of course, a big win over their rivals, but significant in the title race as they are now eight points clear at the top of the table. For Kylian Mbappe, that is now 200 goals uh, for PSG, matching Edison Cavani. I wonder if he's going to break the record. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Jules is back. Hey, Jules, we got positive things to say about PSG. This makes a change. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm happy because the last time there were such a shambles that you 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 lot make a fun out of me because I was grumpy and yeah, I was not happy with Galtier, not happy with Neymar, not yeah. happy with so and so. It was much better tonight. I mean, I'm not saying that Neymar not being there. Make them play like a team finally, but we've explained before that maybe those three can't play together well together. And tonight, just that Messi and Mbappe performance there, it was a masterclass. They were unplayable, two goals, one assist for one, two goals and one assist for the other, or the other way around, whatever. It was just brilliant to watch, and to be fair, it could have been 4 0 up at half time, 5 0 up at the start of the second half. Marseille had two big chances at the end. Uh, to close the gap a little bit, but Donnarumma made, made, made two really good saves. But overall, it was a, it was maybe PSG's best performance this season. You don't, you don't need a third player to get involved there, do you? I, I, and that I, front line. Right. I, I like I mean, how Jews blame Neymar without blaming Neymar. Yes, well, you... <laughs> <laughs> you can't say this is all because Neymar wasn't playing. <laughs> we, we, we talked about this at length. I mean, he's got this injury at the moment. I don't know if his fitness um, situation in terms of the Champions League game, but we discussed how if he is available, that, that kind of team shape that you saw there and this kind of performance with this kind of personnel, I think is going to give them a better opportunity, as tough as it will be, to go to Munich and, and create the chances like they did in this game where we saw the link-up play, we saw the little one-twos, the give-and-goes, the space in behind. There's enough between Messi and, and Mbappe to do that. Yes. You don't need a third player in the mix, really. You need a little bit more solidity in the middle of the park and in the wider areas. And maybe with Neymar's injury, uh, Gaultier has stumbled across this, but that was, that was pretty good tonight. It certainly was going forward. They look great, and they'll take certainly uh, some promise from that into the Bayern game. Obviously, as I mentioned, the negative, Jules, Kimbembe out, uh, reportedly, for the season. How big a blow is that, looking ahead to that second leg in Munich? Yeah, it's massive, of course. I mean, the Achilles is, which is what we think is the, the injury, and which you saw in the footage, like he does it on his own, really. This is the injury he had before the World Cup that made him miss the World Cup. We thought at some point that maybe he, he tried to come back too quickly, uh, and I don't know if that's maybe in relation to, to tonight's injury. We will know a bit more tomorrow about it. But it's, it was heartbreaking for him. I mean, he, he looked, he was in tears. Uh, and you lose another centre-back, already you don't have many, Danilo Pereira, who's more of a defensive midfielder really, came, came in and replaced him uh, in, the, in that back three. He's left-footed as well, which you, you don't have another centre-back who's left-footed, apart from young Bichiabu, who's, who's not ready to play the kind of games that you know, PSG would have in the Champions League, for example. And you also lose a leader because we saw after the defeat at Monaco, for example, he's the one who went and spoke to the ultras. He's Paris born and bred, of course, so I think he's got, he's got that kind of feeling about the club that maybe others don't have. So you lose, you lose a lot by losing Kimpembe tonight for the rest of the season. Uh, Messi then making it seven... Are you here tomorrow? What day is it? Monday. No. Thank goodness. Because tomorrow is the award of FIFA's best, where Lionel Messi is expected <laughs> to pick up that award. Uh, 700 goals. You've got Ronaldo shouting, I scored a hat-trick <laughs> this weekend, but no, no, nobody cares I, I'm, feel, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a need to come in tomorrow now. No, no, I don't think we need to. Um, discuss this. It's in, in Paris, Jules. Are you going? You on the Eurostar there? I'm not. I'm not going. No, I was invited, but I. I. I declined. Better things. What is Better it? Better things to do. Tell me. Tell me what it is. The FIFA Best Award. Remember? No. Yes, we've done it for a few years now. No. Yes. 
Yeah, so you're I, think, I think you should come and experience it, Craig. You should come. If I want to experience it, I want the real experience. I want to go there. Oh, yeah. Well, well just take go. Jules' invite. Yeah, take Jules. Yeah, go on, off you go. Messi will win it, yeah, Jules? Messi will win it. Yeah, it's, it's certainly the rumours that we're hearing that it's very likely, especially on the back of the World Cup that he had, yeah. uh, that he will be crowned. So what FIFA is, like for them, the best player of the, of the year, uh, you know, the FIFA, FIFA the best, basically. There we go. There we are. Um, uh, is Gab and Jules tomorrow? Is it going to be both of you or not? Who's going to be there? Who's not? Yes. Gab is finally back from Egypt where, you know, he seems to spend a long time, but this is what he does. So, uh, what was he doing in Egypt? South America Looking for Egypt. penguin poo. God knows where he's going to go next. <laughs> Maybe Asia. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, he will be back in the, in the big seats. He'll be back in the big seats. Oh. Be sure to check that out. A lot for them, of course, to discuss <clears throat> on Monday's show. Uh, Sarah, our results then from Saturday and Sunday. Napoli just keep going, don't they? A 2-0 victory over Empoli continues to solidify their place as massive favourites to win the league. Meanwhile, Milan beat Atalanta 2-0. Inter, though, losing away against Bologna. Taking a look at how everything stands. The rest of them have just given up. Uh, well, they've given up. They, they would, <laughs> 18 points. That's uh, a lot of points. Napoli and Inter at the top of the table. That is an extraordinary lead. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Bayern Munich went back to the top of the Bundesliga table after a 3-0 victory over Union Berlin. All the goals coming in the first half. Chobo Ting, Kingsley Coleman and Musiala finding the back of the net. Musiala caught up with Archer in touch after the game. You seem a bit cold. It's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Just notice. Uh, I saw Julian Nagsmann pulling you to one side after the first goal to give you some instructions. He seems unhappy with the rotation movement of the players at times. Is, is that what it is? No, I don't, wouldn't say he's uh, unhappy here. He's always giving little tactics about stuff we can do better and position ourselves where we can create the most chances as possible. We'll have a good uh, communication with each other and 
if he tells us to what he thinks could be there, we'll just take it on board and he might see things that we don't see on the pitch. I'm glad you don't interpret it as anger because when I'm watching him on the sidelines, he's jumping up and down a lot and he doesn't look too happy most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone uh, shows their passion for the game in a different way. <laughs> You're a real diplomat, aren't you? Okay. And then to your goal. Like, what a way to celebrate your 20th birthday. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, couldn't ask for a better birthday present. When you went into the World Cup, you were absolutely flying. And then for the first time, I saw you, I think, tense just a little bit. How, how was that period for you where everything you didn't touch didn't go in? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's very annoying. I like scoring goals and uh, being as efficient as possible. And I mean, I just have to keep that confidence. I think there's always phases where stuff don't go your way and you just have to keep going. I work hard in training. I practice the shots that weren't going in in the game in training and over time they will start falling again and I had that confidence in myself and belief that it will happen again. Yeah, he's a world-class player. Yes, still thinks he can improve but at the end I'm, I'm so happy with him because uh, he proved a lot when we talk about a defense work compared to the last season. Sometimes, especially when we uh, put Josh out today, he played in double six, but he's so good also in defense work. Offensive, he's brilliant with his movements. Dangerous for the opponent's goal. Always a good position. It's not that easy to defend him in, in free space at the end. Um, uh, really, really brilliant player. And Musiala then getting back into goal scoring form. You can just see how he dipped after that World Cup disappointment. Uh, just three goals in those nine games after uh, playing for Germany. Oh, Jan's back. Uh, Jan, I won't keep you for too long because it, it makes me feel ill listening to you. Uh, but overall, of course, a, a statement from Bayern against the Union Berlin side who've impressed this season. It's going to be interesting now to see if Bayern can keep this up. Yeah, but it's very interesting because if you've seen the last weeks for Bayern Munich, is every second game. They had a great game in the Champions League against PSG. They deservedly won that game. Then they went to, went to Gladbach, losing there. And then there is a crisis in, in Munich. And they have a secret meeting that the whole media in Germany knew about and had photos from. Uh, and uh, they had talked everything out and they were ready to go again against Union Berlin. And typically when we have had now Dortmund, who haven't lost the game in 2023, being the league leaders for 24 hours, Bayern do answer. And they answer quite coincidentally today because Union Berlin, remember, on Thursday they knocked out Ajax of uh, the Europe, Europa League. So this is a great side that uh, the Swiss Usch Fischer has put together uh, in East Berlin. And so this is a great win for Bayern Munich and it's a relief for them. You should have seen Oliver Kahn and Salah Hamasic after the game. It was like, the, it was not only Musiala had a birthday, they, they were smiling all over the face and Oliver Kahn doesn't smile a lot. Uh, yeah, nice, nice uh, serenade, wasn't it? Post-match, we could hear people singing happy birthday. So let's take a look at the title odds. No surprise, Bayern huge favourites to go on and get it done. Is it a two-horse race, Jan? Uh, I wouldn't uh, talk out uh, RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig will come. They have a great team. Uh, I, we saw that in the Champions League as well. Pep Guardiola said 
not only because of his own performance. He said that uh, they are a good team. So I think that we will end up having a three-horse race. But we all know that the biggest horse uh, will be Bayern Munich. They are the one uh, to beat. We just hope that there will be more soap opera and they can lose a couple of more games. So we have a bit of excitement in the German Bundesliga. But, but it's a warning by, by Dortmund because, I mean, if you haven't lost for nine games, you won nine games in the Bundesliga and done ever so well in the Champions League as well, there is something going on there. Jan, get some rest. Feel better. We'll let you go. Send... I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back for extra time. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, don't come no, back for extra time. Don't bother me. Don't want your cup. It's OK. Don't worry. Don't worry. We don't, we, we don't need that. You yeah, go you Listen, go you're getting paid anyway. Yeah, don't exactly. Worry. Exactly. You're cutting the check anyway. So, uh, the action continues uh, next weekend. Borussia Dortmund against Leipzig. What a match that should be on Friday, live on ESPN+. And then on the Saturday, Stuttgart play host to Bayern Munich. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. MLS kicked off its new season yesterday. Oh, goodness me, a plethora of results. Shall I read them all? Do you want me to read them all, Craig? Yeah, do as you want, some. Uh, Nashville beat NYCFC 2-0. Atlanta got the victory over San Jose. The Reds beat Charlotte. DC United and the Wayne Rooney beat Toronto 3-2. FC Cincinnati with a 2-1 win over Houston. There are also wins for Inter Miami, Orlando, Philadelphia, St. Louis City in their debut game, Minnesota United and RSL. No draws. Oh, 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 very interesting. Ah, speaking of very interesting, Football Americas has got a lot to talk about on Monday. Is Seb still away? Is he he's, still on paternity? He, he's, he's still on paternity. Well, there you he's, go. He's got responsibilities. <laughs> he certainly has, man. I bet he wish he was on. Uh, he's with Herc. Be sure to check that out. Uh, that is it. That brings us here. There's no Mark Clattenburg, I'm hearing, tomorrow. Okay. FIFA the best is just a whole show. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. The top ten goals. Oh, you're going to miss it. That's going to be What are you doing yourself tomorrow? I'm going to watch coming the show. In. Top oh, he's coming in. Top ten goals. I think it should come in. It's going to drive this show tomorrow. There we go. Bosh. Uh, be sure to join us. Extra time's next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. For those um, expecting Jan, we let him go early because clearly he wasn't very well. There's nothing worse than listening to someone who's not well either, is it? My voice is a little hoarse as well. Yeah, but that's because of your partying ways. Yeah. Talk about it and get to go home.
Because yours was self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. Yang's picked his up probably Yang, because Yang he was... kept trying. For Craig, given Potter the time until he has a proper pre-season as OK, but what if it doesn't work? Wouldn't it be the same condition for the new manager again coming in mid-season and it all becomes a mess again? Yes. I mean... <laughs> I, there's a risk to changing it now. There's a risk to keeping them. It's, it's about decision-making, isn't it? Who do you think is best suited to come in and change this team, to get this team working under these conditions? Jack? I'm going to go for nobody. No? I mean, the, these... You, what, like a Zidane. If you put a Zidane in there, instantly it's, gets the respect I, 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 from the players, maybe then... We can, you can bring in what manager you like. Right. I think there is so much more happening behind the scenes that is, that is detrimental to Chelsea and, and Potter's efforts to, to, to that point that I, I don't think any manager comes in. The only person I can think of is Ancelotti. I thought you were going to say Thomas Tuchel then, just to troll everyone. I should, right? <laughs> the only person I can think of who just kind of comes in and... It's, it has a calming influence right. on, on a team as, yeah. and a club this size is Carlo Ancelotti what and, you, and the experience. What if you flip it? What if you had Simeone come in? Obviously, it looks like maybe he'll be leaving Atletico. Simeone just tackle everybody. <laughs> Simeone just come in and start kicking everybody. It's a bit. It's a bit like <laughs> Liverpool. It's, right it's a bit like Liverpool in some ways. In t you know, in terms of players out of form. You know, Klopp's tried. Right. Everything this season, yes. pretty much. Potter has one of the best defenders in Europe in the last five years. Yep. And Koulibaly, that is. Not Silva, who's been great, by the sure. way. Koulibaly, who's been nowhere near his Napoli form. No. And has been dropped no. for Badia Shield. Then he was back in because Badia Shield wasn't available for the Dortmund game. He has Raheem Sterling, who's not the same player when he was at Man City. He's got Kai Havertz, who can't score a goal. He's got ZH playing today, who was two hours away from going to Paris Saint-Germain at the transfer window. Yes. Uh, and I'm not making excuses for him, but th these things are facts. You've got Joao Felix, who's a fantastic player, but he's not a goal scorer, when they're looking for a goal scorer. But then the argument is, as, as a manager, surely that's your role to get these yes. players better, to get them out of the But front. I think it's, along with what Shaq's saying, it's such a mishmash of personalities and new signings mm. at this football club, there is way more than him or I would ever have known in a dressing room. And I played in a couple of big squads, but nothing like this. This is this is almost double the size of a normal squad. Right. So it's a real difficult scenario, but I mean, ultimately, he'll need to get some results just to stave off the support so that that's staved off from Todd Bowley and the other people that are going to, when they sit down at Stamford Bridge to watch a match and, every, and there's 500 or 1,000 or more turning around screaming at them, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll start... That's the thing. They'll it? go in the boardroom then and go, oh, that's, this is... Yeah, yeah, I don't like this. This is, this is not very nice. I didn't <laughs> think it was going to be like this. I didn't spend a billion pounds for this. Well, yeah, Who can we bring in to take this pressure off? stayed at home if one of people shouting at me. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that's going to end. I really don't. If Ten Hag was the manager of Chelsea, Shaq, would they be title contenders since Chelsea's overall squad is arguably more talented than United? Listen, Ten Hag, I think, has done a wonderful job in managing United's issues. And I think United had one big problem in Cristiano Ronaldo, and that's not in terms of playing, but that's in terms of the dressing room. And I thought he managed that wonderfully well. 
I think Chelsea has far more problems. Right. So, but the one thing I they'd will... They'd be better off with Ten Hag, though, wouldn't they? I do think they'd be better off with, with, with Ten Hag, and, and we, we spoke about this earlier, because Ten Hag knows what he wants, has gone after, gone after the players that he wants, and has just managed, managed Manchester United's playing style better than Potter has Chelsea's. Um, so I, I, I do feel, yes, short answer to that is yes, it'd be better off with Ten Hag, how much better off, it's difficult to say because, as, as we keep saying, Chelsea's problems are unique not uh, are unique to football. I've never seen anything like for all For all uh, Graham Potter has done to get the Chelsea job, Eric Ten Hag has further down the track Yeah, with what he's had in terms of success. Don't yep. forget he was one Lucas Moura strike away from being in the Champions League final, yeah, sure. possibly. So there's a, there's a difference here, but Shaq's right. One of the differences is that it pretty much the players that have come in to Man United, be it Veghorst, who's just a bit of a body but has done well, Anthony, Casemiro, Lissandro Martinez, they're players that he wanted. Yep. You're not telling me Potter's got what he wanted. He's got what he's got. Mm. That's, put, that's put more pressure on. We've had a long day today. Obviously, we did the Carabao Cup final early. Yeah. Shaka says he didn't have a nap. I don't I believe you. I didn't have a nap. To be fair, you... There's not many days, even a normal show. Yeah, you don't have a nap. You don't have a nap. But mind you, he was on his computer. Ah, you see. Yes. See, I had a nap. I found a. Where did I, by the way, I was. Where I did found you? a room. Yeah. Yeah, I just found an empty room and had a little light down. Did I have a sofa in it? <laughs> yes. Because there was one room near us that's got a sofa, and you went in no, there. No, I wasn't, because you'd find me. Yeah. I didn't want to be found. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was this isn't my face. <laughs> Not your first rodeo. Oh, no, no, exactly. I was actually walking. I was so bored because we, like, we had a couple of hours in between the live show and this show starting. The, yes. the Car Carabao Cup. Yeah, you went to do some shopping. I went out for supplies. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. And then I, I got my steps in around the office. Yeah. Right. While he was sitting on his computer doing whatever he does. Yeah. And I got. I was walking around the office going. Where is he? <laughs> Where is he? I thought so. I thought I'd have, yes. Okay, right. Where are we? Was uh, you in the, Did you go down the floor? No, I you was. Went, you went to your car. No, I no, no, I didn't go to my car. I remember I was having a nap in my car a few years ago, and then Chuck, our old boss, knocked on the window. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? That happened to me. Security knocked on my window. What were you having? Yeah, I'm having a nap in my car. All of a sudden, like, uh, are you all right in there? Girl security. They know Stevie well from when they called him to say his car had been stolen, but he forgot where he parked it. <laughs> well, the time he ran over the cone, the cone got stuck up inside the, the, uh, yes. the arch. Yes. He shouldn't be parking there. What about him ringing me at half time during, during the caravan? He rang you at half time, then you're live on TV and he's calling me. Yeah, and you rang him back and you went, We're live on air. He went, Doing what? <laughs> Does a player like Veghorst showcase the importance of a number nine when so many teams have opted for a false nine these days? Who? Veghorst. Yeah, who? Uh, well, because Man, Man City did it last year. Yes. And guess what? They won the Premier League. Yes. But as I keep saying, Guardiola thought it was better to get a proper striker. And, right. And, and hence coveted Harry Kane first, two years ago. And then, obviously, Erling Haaland. So I think it is important, you know, you can get the job done if you have the right personnel yeah. without it, but I think over the long run, it's the, the number nine, look at Karim Benzema, number nine is not I, dead. I, I, I credited to Ten Hag, you recognise what he had, what he needed, 
got a short-term replacement in, and Vegas has done We've wonderfully been really well. really nice to Manchester United today. I tell you what, let's be honest. Trend. He would have put a number nine shirt on a large oak tree, right? rather than have uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo around that club. Yeah, fair enough. Right. He just wanted him out. Uh, ah, Shaka, with you being away at Carnival, yep. speaking of Carnival, we found a photo, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody tweeted it in to me. Thank you very much for this. Uh, Shaq talked about his band and his tiger shorts. Uh, do we have that photo? There he is. Yes! Look at that. I tell you what, he's got no shame. <laughs> <laughs> Are they furry shorts, Shaq? No, they're not furry. No. They're just kind of colourful. Who's your mate? Oh, That's my brother. Is that your brother? Yeah. Oh, there, look at that, Shaq. Is he a younger brother? Yeah, uh, I'm the eldest of three. There That's the middle brother. And what corner. beverage is there, Shaq? I'm, I'm having a coconut water to, for my electrolytes. <laughs> my electrolytes is just coconut water. Oh, dear. And yes. wild? Wild is the... Yes, wild is the yeah. theme of our band. Of your not band. a musical no, band. No, I learned about band. I liked it. Right. A lot of people no, were right, shouting yes. me on Twitter for not getting what band was either. Exactly. Good. Good. If I was a guest, if I was a betting man, I'd say there wasn't a bit of aqua past your lips in three days. <laughs> Wow. Coconut water. I need to <laughs> electrolyze with the heat. You have to you get know? your supplies. That's, that's supplies. Uh, I'm pretty supplies. right, Jacko. With you being away at Carnival, I'm pretty sure that the algorithm has reset to Manchester United win the quadruple this season. If not, what are their chances? Are they number one in your power rankings? No, not. No, they were. Napoli are number Napoli one. Napoli one. Are they two? I can't remember. They well now. If you were to do it now. Well, I'll have to plug in my data, Daniel. It's a simple question. Probably. Yeah. Well, they've, won, they've won more games than anyone else in the top five leagues this season. You, you want to take over the... No, I'm, no definitely. When, when last oh. did you... Uh, <laughs> when last did you? <laughs> when last did when you... When did you last ride a horse? When, when, when before last? I left. Before I left did you, for Trinidad. Did you? Yeah, okay. yeah, I did. And then will you do one this week? If I'm asked? Well, I'm sure oh, we are. We're asking you. Are you working yeah. Thursday? No, I'm not. So Friday then. Friday. Special. Special Shaka Power Rankings. Hmm? Yep. <laughs> Look forward to it. Why are you so reluctant to do them, Shaq? No, it's just, you know, it's, it's very hard work. It's time-consuming. It's, it's very hard work. <laughs> time-consuming. <laughs> it's very hard work, Dad. Oh, it's like Burley's Boiling Point that way. Not for that. <laughs> well, you, want one, you want one every week? Or? Oh. <laughs> Good grief. Three minutes. Shaka, <laughs> uh, you can go back in time mm. and save one. Gerard's FA Cup strike or Crouch's World Cup header? Oh, good question. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Gerard's FA Cup strike. Well, they handed West Ham the title. Yeah, yeah. England were always gonna beat you, so no, no, it would inevitable. No, it would. I think I, I, what what happened was even if we drew that game, we then asking Sweden for. Fever in the, in, the, in the third game against England, that was never going to happen. So I, if, we, if I save the Jared one, I get I get. So what, what was the score at the time? I, I have the crouch header. I have no interest in that. Oh. The oh. FA Cup final. We were 3-2 up. That's oh, Gerard Long strike. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, so that, did that take it to extra time? That took it to extra time. Told the jerseys. Sold the jersey, sold your mates out down the river, oh, let the team down. Do you think Parr would have um, called off the pouch goal? Yes. Because the hair pulling? Yeah. yeah. Whose hair was he pulling? Brent Sancho. Oh, Brent, former yeah. teammate of mine. Okay. My illustrious period at Dundee. I Six saw, weeks. I saw, Brent, I saw Brent for Carnival in our band. He was in our band. Who else was in your band, Chat Was Dwight there? No, Dwight, Dwight's not. Dwight Is he wasn't. still coaching in Australia? No. 
Oh, what happened? He parted ways with uh, MacArthur. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dear. Was Brian Lara there? Was he at... uh, Brian Lara was there. He yeah. was nothing in our band. Oh, I know. Sorry, wait, was this a who's who down there in Trinidad? Did people just fall at your feet? <laughs> just like these amazing, these superstars. Yes. Celebrities. Do people ask you when you sing Craig to the carnival? People say, please don't bring Craig. <laughs> Whatever you I'm do. I'm coming next year. <laughs> what about Stephen? <laughs> Why don't you go down I think, there? I think everybody, myself included, would love to see that. Yeah. I would love to see yeah. Stephen. Imagine the state. It's oh, so really imagine nice. he's going down there with that, getting that puss out his finger. Oh, goodness. Uh, final uh, question. Who spills more drink? Jan shaking hands post-match or Shaka with his band at Carnival? <laughs> uh, Jan, of course, with Carius. Carius knocked Jan over and spilled uh, his coffee. You're not, you're not spilling anything, are you, I didn't spill any of my coconut no, water. No, no. Oh, come on. Carius <laughs> doesn't even know. Carius no. doesn't even know. He's splashed. No. splashed. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jan, not very well. Yeah. Oh, oh, poor old Jan. There we are. Oh, he's got to get his coffee cup in a more neutral position, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, you've got to analyse your tactics board on Jan's well, you got coffee mug. You've got, you got to see these things coming. Oh, oh yo, coconut water's are back. Yeah, yeah, coconut water. Didn't spill a drop. How many hours sleep did you have over Carnival, Jan? Over that two I days? Probably period? averaged four hours a night. Wow. I see your brother's really? looking after himself a bit more than you, though. You bit, <laughs> you're taking up a bit more of that photo than him. <laughs> so, Photoshop. Oh, dear. Uh, where are those tiger pants now? Where are the shorts? I left them in Trinidad. I'd give them away to charity. People can I, pay I for don't. them. <laughs> he walks around Boston in those. Yep. To be fair. Yep. In the winter. Yes. Uh, that is it. We are done. Thank you very much. ESPN FC back tomorrow. Um, don't send any more photos. Carry on. Wow, Shaq. Why? What have you got to hide? Nothing. Uh, FIFA Best will be discussing oh, tomorrow from the award given in Paris. Craig's on the phone. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I'm He's on, on Don's internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don's <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.